Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Hello, dude. Say hi. That's a me. strange voice in the sky. Hello. Uh, Hello. <laughs> He's listening. So nice listen. to see you here. Nice to be gathered again for our next so talk. Lovely. It might be a little bit different today because Jude is on my lap. <laughs> so we'll see. But it's also um, pertinent, isn't it? It's pertinent to our to our subject, which is is development is our 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 children's um moving on and through and up and on and whatever they're doing and growing and changing and how that all feels for us and how it feels for them and what how we all experience it and we thought we'd it's going to be a windy journey <laughs> yeah definitely yeah because we would we were at breakfast the other day weren't we in our regular spot and yeah. uh, we were talking over eggs about kind of Jude and um and that got us onto development because I don't think I don't think we've actually mentioned it on our podcast yet about Jude but we found out when um I was 12 weeks pregnant that Jude would be born with Down syndrome um so that was obviously very interesting at the time and yeah I'm not gonna sugarcoat it was a real massive shock so we went for our 12 week scan and actually that was all that was all fine um everything seemed fine although the sonographer was very very abrupt and very quick and I even that in itself I was kind of like we've waited 12 kind of you know that first trimester I think everyone worries don't they anyway and because I was a bit older and stuff I was I think I was a bit more worried this time. I remember saying to Michelle, we had a chat about that on the phone, that I was a bit worried this time. So I don't know if there was something instinctual going on in me. Um, and then, honestly, it was literally five, it felt like five seconds. It was probably only about five minutes. It was like, boom, 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 boom. He didn't, he didn't, like, you know, roll it around and go, oh, look, there's your baby. And, you know, do all that nice mm -hmm. stuff that sometimes we do. He literally was just in and out taking pictures. And we were like, is everything okay? You know, kind of asking him questions. And at the time, he said it was. And then, of course, at 12 weeks, you also have the blood test, don't you? So then I just did it. And I think that's something to, for us to talk about because if I had known what it had meant to have that test, if anything had flagged up, would I have done, you know, would I have had that test, you know, knowing everything that's happened to us and how it affected mm. pregnancy and everything. Um, but so the blood test came in a few days later. So in hindsight, I think it was really lovely to still experience the joy of that 12 week scan. You know, when I found out a few days later that my blood work was showing, they didn't know what at the time, but showing some you know abnormalities they didn't really know what it was yet at the time I thought it was a bit cruel you know I thought oh we've told everyone now and we've had all that you know that fun bit and obviously we told the kids and then that felt really hard that everyone knew and we were going to have to retell them maybe something but actually now I'm so glad we had that pure celebration you know that yeah pure celebration without any worry around it I guess so that was actually really nice and then yeah I just got a phone call and I had like phone PTSD by the way for about a year 
I still, really? Yeah, it's still there a little bit. But it, during my pregnancy, in the first few months of his life, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. But I've the, never heard of that. So you mean the remember the memory of that kind of that being taken phone, by like surprise? That, that phone call, it was, I guess, so unexpected. And then every time I picked up the phone, if I didn't recognise the number or I thought it was the hospital, I really was panicked. Like they were going to tell me something else, you know, and something else and something else about him. Um, but yeah, so we got that, I got that phone call and at the time they just said, oh, look, your bloods have come back. There's some raised hormone levels, which could be an indication of, um, it could be Down syndrome. It could be Patel syndrome. It could be, I think the other one was Edward syndrome. They said it's flagging up. We don't yet know basically, but they were all flagged. So we were like, okay, what's going on? But I just, I just remember, I just remember trying to be really positive. I felt a bit panicked, but I remember thinking, oh, come on, you know, like it is that real scenario where you never think it's going to happen to you as Jude's smiling. You never (laughs) think it's going to happen to you. You just don't, do you? Mm. It's like anything like huge, unexpected events in your life. You just don't think that's going to be you. Um, so I just kept thinking, oh, come on, it's a bit of raised hormones. Okay, that could be anything, you know, let's just stay with that. But when I got there, and they, this lovely midwife, actually, Monica, she was amazing at St. Peter's. And um, she's like their specialist kind of complex care midwife for antenatal screening. And um, she taught me through the results. And when she taught me through it, it, it sounded more certain. You know, it was more, there was this, is you know not typical there is something going on she said it's less likely to be edward and patels but quite high chance it could be um it could be uh, down syndrome so we did another blood test um and that was the nick test you know what the i guess the harmony test that lots of people have now anyway um i had to do that there and then um, and then I had to wait basically up to, I think it was five to 10 days or something. Um, and that was hard. That was really hard. Just, well, what did you, in those 10 days, like what, what's on do, what are you doing? Being, I think it ended up being about six, but um, that was probably one of the weirdest parts. Cause I just, I really felt like for someone who likes to feel grounded, you know, and in their body and kind of, solid you know feet on the floor I just felt a bit like what we talked about postnatally when we said a washing machine but it was it was even more different than that it was like I felt upside down I couldn't I just couldn't land I couldn't land in me in my body sorry oh love don't because it's exactly the I mean the feelings are huge aren't they isn't it interesting how it takes one right Back. In a sense, you could argue you're being really in your body now yeah. because you remember the feelings which you couldn't process then are here now and they're here and he's here and you're fine. But it's that it's it's that moment, isn't it? Yeah, Going back to that moment. It does take you back there. And... Yeah, it was hard. Those few days were hard because you sort of wish with every part of you, every single part of you, you sort of wish that it's going to be all right. You know, that's what you're thinking. You're like, you're like, it will be okay, won't it? Of course it's going to be okay. This, you know, this is going to be okay. 
It turns out it is okay, but I didn't know that then. It is okay. But can I go back and just take a So when one's imagining, please, please, I mean, you know, we've got to be honest. I suppose your, your meaning is you're going, please, 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 can everything be the same as it has the other? Yeah, that's effectively, isn't it? It's I don't want X, Y, or Z to happen. I mean, now, of course, but, now different but I'm talking about how I felt but we can get to that we can get we're going to get to that that's the point of our conversation Um, but I want to go back to that moment like so because what it what is it is so it's fear is it fear yeah oh god yeah terrified absolutely terrified yeah that was my I guess ignorance like I didn't know anything about down syndrome like even saying those two words back then felt really heavy and really loaded and now they just feel completely different I can't even describe it saying those words now it's like a light but when when I a light a light like like, I love that I love that like a blessing like an honor yeah yeah, absolutely a total privilege Lucinda says the same is another friend isn't it our friend of ours who has a dancing gym she's always said the same a joy and a light but can I ask given our subject matter I mean well let's look when you say fear fear of what specifically would you be able to be honest what 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 do you feel Um, frankly candidly I fear for the child fear of what life looks like and feels like and would be like with I mean I I find it really hard to say I have a disabled child because that is not how I feel at all. But at the time, that's how everything was described to me, that, you know, you're going to have a disabled child. That's that's how it's kind of packaged, you know? I mean, you can see him now. <laughs> I wouldn't say... Yes, like, very, 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 very active. Not. And I don't know, that's just not, that's just not how it feels at all. It's so different. But at the time, I was thinking, you know, what what's that like? And... Obviously, I had two older children, so that was a huge part of everything. Because it was like, how will it affect them? Will I be too consumed by his needs to be able to really give to them? You know, because I, I wanted, I, you know, we wanted a third baby, but I wanted, you know, in my head, oh baby, it was, um, it was gonna, you know, be something that would, he would, obviously, and he does, but this is how I was thinking at the time you know, a third child would really enrich our lives, you know, and it would bring so much, which it has. But in that moment, I was thinking, is this going to, you know, impact us in a negative sense? You know, are we going to find it too stressful? Is it going to be too hard? Is it just going to all be too much? Will the kids cope with having a different kind of sibling? Because that's really hard. You know, my kids are older. Ed's now just turned 11 today, actually. Um, oh happy birthday and and you know he's at that really sensitive age you know that's a real sensitive age for peers and what he really cares about what people think of him and you know that's that's hard you know I weirdly cared a lot about the school mums and I don't know why and I think well I kind of do I think it was because they weren't super close to me like family and friends I'm really lucky like I knew you and my family and my close friends, it, it was never going to be a thing. They were just going to care about us. I wasn't worried about that. I was really lucky. I wasn't worried about that. 
but it was like that wider feeling, that societal feeling, but also smaller than that, just my wider community. And I think for me, as a, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an obvious introvert, I don't think, but I am an introvert. And I think that feeling of being seen, I feel like as well, having him now, having a child with difference, I am now, there's attention drawn to me. Do you see what I mean? Oh, I see totally. That's so interesting. I have to be seen because people will notice him. And then, and that, I find that really intense. I find that quite. Gosh, yes, I hadn't thought of that. So that, yeah, that was on my mind a lot. Like, would they be looking at me? And, you know, and I know we're all so in our own worlds. People don't really care, really, do they? And lots of people don't even notice. And people who don't know haven't noticed yet, which is you know, whatever. And I don't feel the need to tell people anymore. Like, oh, all of that we can talk about, but things I thought I would have to do and then just didn't because it didn't matter. But yeah, it was that kind of stuff. It was just, I don't know. It's just... Well, do you remember when we first had our conversation? Because actually what brought us to a point where it fires me up and where I, where I want to talk about things later where we, where we go to is, is this idea that... Yeah, we're making, you know, a child is growing inside us. And it just shows you, doesn't it, how early on who and how they are is a kind of external idea rather than the relationship of Mm. that human being, that soul who has arrived. The relationship that develops that is utterly dynamic and between parents, siblings, and the child. The world and that human is the person, who they are, is nothing to do with what they are as blood and bones. And this is the thing that's so weird about our society because it happens later in education as well, as if we are a kind of set piece of human and there's a space we're supposed to be and a way we're supposed to be. Now, short of a child really, really suffering, which I know that is separate, with that's somebody with you know absolutely life-compromising in an otherwise you know, overall healthy situation, who and how a person is going to be isn't for anybody to decide with a label, is it? You know, yeah. it's like that was the shocking, shocking gulf I realised with you in that moment is that it was very, it's very hard for you in that moment. I could see you really drop down that cavern, like, like the cavern, cavernous hole, you know, of, yeah. of picturing it. And yeah. I thought, all I remember thinking is, but what can you picture? You can't picture any more than you could picture Mabel, really. I mean, you know, or Ed, you can't picture anything when you've got the baby inside. You just have to see, and that's how it should be, which is why scans are another whole subject, aren't they? But, um, like, should we really have this for foreknowledge? But anyway, because then one doesn't always really truly connect to the, when that baby arrives in that moment, there is, we know, we all know as, as parents what that feels like. It's very different. You know, that's so important, isn't it, that we understand that we can't get the dimensions of that person who's inside us we can't really label it name it get a sense you know no more than when we meet our partners or as if you're going to sum them up in one big you know with a bow on top I mean it's ridiculous isn't it really I I mean I'll tell you I think I told you this story at the time but it moved me and I I hope it's relevant but I remember years and years ago when I was in my early 20s I was a journalist and then I had to interview a woman who was very young and had she had a child with Down syndrome. Anyway, and she she told me her emotional journey in that moment because it hadn't been picked up. 
And interestingly, as the baby arrived, so instantaneously was the label given. You know, it was like a bit of shock in the room and like, oh, uh, we haven't, oh dear, we haven't, we just discovered this and sort of threw that at her. In such a quick moment, so, so quickly after the birth that she couldn't even really connect with the baby and she went into this rejection, um, instant shock and rejection, and like she was 22 and, and she just didn't even know what they were talking about and everything like that. And so she immediately had an experience and a response to that, being so frightened she didn't know what to do and she went into this divorcing of herself from the situation and... I don't think she even wanted to go and see him. He got taken away and she just dropped down this hole. And what wasn't so interesting was that he then got unwell or was unwell um, for a few hours. There was a sort of monitoring. He was on NICU, he was on the special care, not for very long, but with, with, with some breathing issues. And she told me how this completely altered and how suddenly she went from this labelled, un- this understanding of, oh, here's your child, your child has Down syndrome, as if that was the only thing this child was yeah. and is. And then suddenly it was a char- her baby that was ill. And she went from, and now her baby that was ill, she said she literally, all she wanted, she couldn't bear to be away from the baby. She just wanted the baby to, to survive. She, no, I suppose she thought the baby really was struggling, but I think it was more like those early issues, you know, and it was fine. But she perceived it as, oh, <gasps> I'm going to lose you, you know. And we went sort of 180 degrees into this. No, no, you, you are my baby. You're my son. You're, you're my lovely, you know. And, and she just, of course, completely forgot this external assessment, evaluation, objectification. You have a Down syndrome child. That was forgotten. Now it's just, you're my baby. Mm-hmm. And she went into that deep, you know, the relationship. It's the relationship. You know, you are mine and, I, and you, I'm, you, know, you belong to me and I want you to be well. And that's it, really, isn't it? It's like if only we could sort of—I mean, we do separate it, but I wonder. Yes, that, that's that's not the essence of it, really. That they're, they're who they are to us. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was—I've got to say this on air, let's say, because you were so amazing to me through all of this, and you said so many things to me that just helped so much. But one of Trying not to keep getting emotional. No. But one of the things you said to me, and I think you said Lucinda had said it to you, who was a mum, another mum you'd supported and going through similar. And she, you said to me, well, the baby doesn't know it has Down syndrome. You know, and that's what we always say, don't we? We're always like, you and me always think the same in terms of really get behind the baby's eyes. And that is a really getting behind the baby's eyes. That's like, well, that baby, because at the time I didn't know it was a boy. I mean, I'll say him, but through my pregnancy, I didn't know. We didn't find out till the end, but you know, he, he didn't know. He didn't know that he had Down syndrome. He didn't know that I was upset. He didn't, you know, all those things. And that is expecting to be born. He's expecting. I mean, I know that's a really, is that That, contentious to say to be alive he's alive and that was really powerful and I think you're talking about your story most babies born with down syndrome it is discovered at birth because most people do terminate and I know that's you know 
tricky conversation to have, but you know, it's something like ninety-one percent don't go through really? don't go through with a pregnancy with Down syndrome. Um, so we were in quite a minority going ahead, and I'm not going to say that I was straight away. I was going ahead because as soon as I found out, I knew my personality. And I knew that my reaction would be to go ahead anyway. Like it just in my personality, I knew that that was how I was going to respond. And I felt in that moment, I had to kind of be extra compassionate to myself and like allow myself that maybe going ahead wouldn't be the right thing. I had to give myself that option. You know, it was like, that's so interesting. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know, because I'm similar. It's almost like you don't want to be just doing it out of a knee jerk. Yeah. Um, you are, you're an open and you're an open and up for it woman. <laughs> but I know what you mean. You have to get yeah, reflection. I, I had to let myself go there, even if it wasn't my natural sort of space, because obviously it wasn't just about me. It was about my husband and my other two kids. And, you know, it was about so many things. And I just felt like, no, you can't, you can't just, like you say, I couldn't just react. I had to think. And I would say that was the toughest part of the pregnancy from 12 to 20 weeks. I mean, we were so upside. I I can only describe it as upside down. I just felt upside down. I didn't feel like me even. I didn't know how to be me. Like everything was, everything felt shifted in a really strange way. And, and we didn't know what to do. We really didn't at that point. And so we said, let's just make a short term plan because we didn't, we couldn't see, you know, too far ahead. So we just said, let's get to the 20 week scan and see if they're okay. Because what I did find in the pregnancy is I got really protective of the baby. And it was about as well, you know, are they going to be well? You know, because if you're listening to this and probably like me only a year or so ago, I didn't know anything about kids and babies with Down syndrome. And they are really unwell. There's a lot of health conditions that come with it. It's not just the learning difficulties. They have a lot of physical conditions. Um, so that was a whole other, you know, sort of, I think most of us think of Down syndrome, we think of the learning difficulty side, we don't see the physical side, and it's massive. I mean, the main areas that are affected are the heart, lots of babies are born with heart difficulties and um, holes in the heart and lots of conditions around the heart. Bowels is a big one, there's Hirschsprung's disease, and it's like a duodenal atresia or something I think there's a fusing there's all kinds of stuff that happens in the bowels and then there's the ears and the eyes so there's four really major major areas that are affected and then plus all of them I think have the low muscle tone as well that's why we thought we'll get to the 20 weeks and see and that's when it all changed because the whole time in those eight weeks I just felt weird I kept, I knew myself and I knew something would tell me either way. And I knew it would be like a switch. It wasn't going to be lots of little things that build it. It was just going to be a switch. And it was either going to be, we're going for this or we're not. Um, and I hadn't had it. And we got to the 20 week scan and I was like, I haven't had my moment. And like, today is the day that we really need to just know where we're going. 
and obviously indecision is I think the hardest thing isn't it out of everything often um and then on a couple of things happened on the way to the scan I had this ridiculously long baby name list because that was one of the things I did that just soothed me I just used to look at baby names and I'd been doing it oh. I'd been doing it all the 12 weeks till I was waiting for the first scan so and it was just ridiculously long like insane and I just said to Andy in the car I was like I'm gonna read them all to you and he had no idea what I liked and there were two names like one boy one girl that I really loved on there at the time and I read him like probably 50 of each just all these wild you know crazy names and whatever and I said what do you like and he picked my two names that I I liked the exact same really the boy and the girl and I was just like that's nuts that is nuts because they, they were mixed in I've never mentioned them they were all like and I was just like that's so oh I'm so moved weird. by that because that is so many things there that is yeah that's like providence providential but it also says so much about you two knowing each other so strongly and so well you could argue even just from the sheer fact that you. I don't know, you know, the weave of you two means it's a very, 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 very strong foundation for whatever's ahead is what I would say. I know you're probably thinking maybe more like it was like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know. but I, I'm meaning it more more um, materially. Yeah. The solidity of that, that that rings out to me that you two are so readable to each other that that is a beautiful foundation for whatever's coming next to me. Yeah, thank you. Well, he, I have to say, Andy was incredible I mean I think he was more on board than I was from the very beginning when we found out he was he was amazing his mum had um looked after she'd worked somewhere and she'd looked after a lot of children with Down syndrome so he had his own you know knowing of it and and we talked about it before actually about when she worked there and um and he was he was quite relaxed about it actually, and that made obviously a massive difference. I mean, he wasn't at the time; he was as shocked as I was, but he quite quickly sort of came round. But again, I I said to him, "We need to find our own way to this decision. We can't impact each other too much because it's so big. You know, it's such a. It just felt really big, and I was like, I don't want to lead you anywhere." because that's not fair. I think we need, yeah. to, we need to arrive here separately to see if we match. And then if we don't, then we start from there. But anyway, that was on the way. And then when we got there, you know, stupid COVID, he couldn't come in. And he had been in a lot of scans, so that was a bit random. I think it was just one of those days. And um, so I, it was the cardio scan, our 20-week scan. Sorry, this wasn't the typical 20-week scan. This was our cardio scan we were on our way to. And, uh, and it literally, I sat in this room or lied on, in, on this bed. And the sonographer was totally different to our 12-week. And she was really, really sweet and very, very quiet. And she, she didn't really talk to me, but her energy was like soft. So I felt very relaxed. And I knew she was, I think she was kind of, you know, when they're sort of newer and they're really concentrating on everything. So it was just this very quiet time, but it took about 40 minutes and it was just, just on the heart. So I just oh. watched the baby's heartbeat for 40 minutes. <gasps> and that's, like, oh, you, that, the scent are love. You know, that's when I knew I was like, I love you already. It was done. You know, it was done. And I had that 
yeah that's when I had that realization and I was like I'm already in this like I knew it watching their heartbeat I was like wow we're in. and it's interesting that you say that you couldn't you didn't have any yes moments to that moment but you couldn't have done could you because it's like compared to that there nothing could have compared to that it's the the, the living life there the center of his being it's almost I'm picturing you looking at the center of his being you know his being he's he is he is well they, they were we didn't know his because he was boy or girl but it's that life is amazing that's like extraordinary to be staring at him yeah. like that wow I mean it was almost a, a gift that she was taking her time yeah, and yeah it was just her her way and her manner and her, her, it was just very peaceful and then they brought Andy in at the end to talk him through everything. And they were amazing, actually. I have to say, this was at St. George's. And the cardio consultant was incredible. And the way she spoke to us and drew out. I mean, he did have a, a very small hole in his heart. But um, they they were quite sure it would close. And they said lots of babies actually have this kind of size hole. Um, and a lot of them do close. And, of course, if we hadn't have had this extra scan, we would never have seen this hole. So I can see how lots of this can get missed if you don't have the antenatal screening or is it missed or is it just not seen, you know, anyway. And so they they said all this stuff to us and then we walked out and then we were walking back to the car and Andy was like, oh, we're doing this then, aren't we? And he felt exactly the same after, you know, and he hadn't even watched the heartbeat. He just, that conversation and, you know, it was, you know, he was well and, and I'm not saying we wouldn't have necessarily gone through with it if he if he hadn't been well, but we were worried about him. You know, at that point, that's what I say about being protective. I wouldn't wanted to bring him here and necessarily him have so many difficulties. But again, now I I in I'm in these communities, um, lots of incredible Facebook groups and things, and you see they aren't well, and the way these parents they're just incredible, and the way they you know, and they do get better and, you know, wow. and it's just, it's, it's in a really amazing community, but yeah, that the indecision was tricky. And then we basically re-announced our pregnancy to all our family and friends because they all knew we were indecisive and going through a tough time. And then we, it was like doing it all over again. We were yeah, just cool. like, we're having a baby, you know. And then they, <laughs> they all whooped and started again, you know. It was like... Oh, that's amazing. So we yeah. Come, you know, it was, yeah. But that, it was weird. And then once, this is what I mean about indecision. I think it's like anything. My dad's always said that, just make a bloody decision. Because actually, you know, sitting on the fence is harder. Yeah. And um, And once that decision was made, I just felt pregnant then. You know, it wasn't, oh, it, wasn't yeah. there. it wasn't there anymore. I was like, I'm not having Down syndrome. I'm having a baby. You know, it was yeah. like, the shit, yes. the shit yeah. happened. And I remember saying to you recently, I said, when you get a diagnosis like this, I mean, this is just my experience. I'm sure everyone feels so different. It's so personal. But when you get a diagnosis like this, you you only see the diagnosis. It's like what you were saying about seeing a soul. You know, you're not thinking about the soul of your baby when you get something like this. You just see the words and you it's very logical and you read the problems and it's that's what consumes you. And then when they're here, it's just it's so irrelevant. And I was saying mm. the other day, wasn't I? I was like, it's about tenth on the list. You know, it's not it's not 
down syndrome and then jude and then you know it's like oh this is jude he's my son he's a little brother you know he loves knocking down towers he loves his banana wafers you know he's <laughs> got the most amazing smile in the world and then somewhere down there oh when he has down syndrome just yeah. it's not mm. it's not the top thing that you think it's going to be it's just it's almost on par with you know like i feel like you may be similar to you know people who have children with autism or ADHD it's mm. like it's something they have not something they are mm, mm. something with down syndrome it's very loaded it feels like they are down syndrome do you see what I mean like it feels mm. bigger but they're not they they have it but they're not it so when a baby arrives I wonder if they get what I'm noticing at the moment is they wonder if they get the reverse so if you have a for want of a better word, you know, undisrupted pregnancy, you know, I'm, you know, you get a scan that, that, that reassures and you just travel through your pregnancy and you don't know anything. And then you come out and you have your baby. I find more and more, and maybe Ivan was like this, that um, in the first days and weeks, oddly for first time parents, they drop into a what's wrong with my baby now bear with me for a moment what i mean by this so when the absolutely standard stuff of the difficulty of the first 12 weeks necessitates you know there's a lot of crying um there might be you know unexplained crying not be you know sleep just you know the, the, the patterns don't evolve in the way we want them to you know feeding is un, you know un, difficult the, any number of newborn stuff we don't know about when we haven't had a baby yet this you know the I'm thinking of me, we've talked about Constance before, but I just used to sort of look at her and think, what, what's the matter, right? Now, I, and now, ironically, given what we've just talked about, it's like I've travelled through the pregnancy not thinking anything. Mm. I arrive and know she's who she is. In the first moments, I felt that, that she was this soul, this, that definitely. But then I dropped into this slightly labelly thing where I wonder if this happens because of the pressures to to kind of have um, what you imagine having a baby is like on the telly and then you have this difficult first weeks, which I find a lot of people find quite shocking. I, find, I wonder if you then missed that bit because you were just so, oh, yeah, you are you, you are you, and whatever came, came, you know, whether he was crying or needed cuddling or he didn't feed. So whatever your issues were, you knew... No, that's you. That's fine. And also, you're a third time mum, so you had that experience. But I'm thinking of this sort of irony that we, you know, a pregnancy may travel through completely normally, and then we get out the other side, and I see so many people then doing this odd labelling where we go, "Oh, I've got a difficult baby," or "My baby is have I got a problem here?" I mean, I'm getting a lot. Of, like, is there a problem because they keep doing this, or they've got this you no know, silent reflux, or have they got this or this? Now, I know these are all, you know transient issues compared to a, a, a down syndrome but my point is 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 the same theory but why is it we immediately launch into what they should be mm. and or how we imagine it should be yeah. or is and, and also anxieties and fears about development effectively what a mother's going through or parents are going through in that moment is 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 this normal are we okay is the baby fine are they going to be okay and you know in those say a dark night of constant crying or something of course we all have our oh what's going on why is this just me this just happened to me it's hard to know that it's normal to a point and I want and it's almost like I suppose what I'm saying is it's ironic that that you can 
not go through what you went through and sort of come out in similar place where you sort of go you go you go into a theoreticizing of a human being rather than the who they are and i think if i if i look at a lot of my new families at the moment i'm seeing that a lot a lot of um worry mm. and and not sort of going into the fine tuned like oh you are you you know and because there's not much understanding these days about what to expect of a newborn there's a lot of you know heading off to the doctors for another diagnosis of why is this happening whether you know do do you know what I'm saying and 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 it's ironic because it's actually similar issues that we're talking about here it's it's actually if we could start out with an understanding and acceptance that you know, babies for the first two, 12 weeks as they're developing go through all sorts of strange humps and, you know, bumps and obstacles and hurdles while they are becoming themselves. Mm-hmm. But utterly normal um, for all babies, you know, whatever their situation is. And yet we go into this, oh, you know, something's wrong or do you see what I mean? And yet you probably, Mel, I wonder, did you miss that out? Once he was born, how did you feel then? I mean, you probably missed all that and went, yeah, yeah. yeah who oh you are, God. you know. I was so happy to meet him. So, so happy. Crazy protective, obviously, because he had to have a lot of tests when he was born and things like that. I mean, I'm sure they didn't like me in the hospital. I was like, he doesn't leave my side. I mean, they even got an x-ray machine onto the ward because I was like, you're not taking him away. Um, wow, really, yeah. They had to do a chest x-ray and they bought it. I think it was portable anyway, but they literally bought it to my bed because I was like, you know, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was really, really protective. Um, but I I know what you mean. I, I think I had, even though, like you were talking earlier about, did you feel like you were robbed a bit of your pregnancy? I would rather it that way around, I think, in hindsight, because... I got to use the pregnancy to really, you know, process everything and just feel my way through it. And you're right, when he came, we were so, so excited. And I think that was brought on by all our close family and friends having some time to process it as well, you know, in their own way. You know, our parents, both sets of parents obviously had their own feelings and they were incredible, but they were also, you know, upset and not, not upset for us because you know it's hard to describe but they knew that we were going through something difficult I think that's what they were more upset about that they knew we were going through a difficult experience but we didn't we didn't tell the kids um until a few months in I didn't want to rob them of the experience of having a baby brother with nothing attached you know I wanted them to enjoy my pregnancy enjoy the birth enjoy him coming home enjoy his first few months and just without any anything you know and not that it it might not have mattered at all but I felt they should have that experience just pure you know pure just but that that moves me so much because it's like shouldn't we all be doing that anyway like the big wide now the big wide now, now, now of that new baby, that new person. This is what I meant by the sort of within days people are going into, and this is what I did, what's next? Even looking at those awful books like what to expect, not when you're expecting, what's it that, you know, what you know, what, what should my baby be doing? Yeah. 
yeah at the weeks you know I mean actually if we could all know that the most important thing is the just dropping into the big wide now of of of, of a human being where they are in that moment and then we just take a day at a time yeah did anything change once they probably nothing you know when, once you told them yeah they already had their relationship and they but he's Jude he's Jude yeah and yeah. I think that's how they felt I mean Mabel was only seven at the time so her sort of reference point she didn't really have one so she, it, I don't think it meant much to her anyway but Ed definitely had you know experience of people with Down syndrome you know we go swimming a lot we often see some children with Down syndrome at the pool and so he had again it's just like what you say it's our expectations it's our frame of reference it's all that comparison it's not really being with what you you know what's in front of you. comparison exactly it's it's that mm. kind of stuff and he he just didn't believe it he was like Jude has down syndrome he was really like taken aback like he he couldn't put Jude with down syndrome and you wouldn't put Jude with down syndrome because down syndrome is not what you think it is you know yeah even from yeah. an outside perspective and I've actually had that experience myself since from an outside it's really hard to describe but from an outside perspective yeah you might look at Jude and sometimes sort of see maybe sort of not see the learning difficulty I don't know how to put it but you sort of he sort of wanders off a bit in his mind sometimes and that I think is part of his developmental delay he sort of wanders off and then he comes back sort of drifts a bit but then if you engage him he just responds so beautifully and he pops back into himself and he's there with a smile and I can see how you know like if you just saw a person with Down syndrome in the street like Jude's kind of relaxed face is not represent not representative of who he is inside. Do you see what I mean? I totally see that. It yes, match. And then, and I, and I actually had this experience because I, I got to go to the theatre um, through one of the dancing gym charities, and I was sat next to this really sweet little girl who was probably Mabel's age, and she had Down syndrome. And she was just sitting there watching the theatre and she was just like Jude. She had that kind of relaxed face because I think that's part of their low tone, right? It's just relaxed yeah. muscles. And then I just looked at her and smiled and she beamed at me and her whole like body just came alive and she just sparkled and beamed at me. But just to sit next to her with a, you know, that kind of relaxed face, it kind of looks like maybe she isn't that present. But she was totally 100%. Oh, God, Jenna, you've just taught me something because actually, you know, I'm thinking, isn't it really that it's such a gift, this... Why is it even called a syndrome? Gosh, it's like a bloody gift because actually it's life, isn't it? It's like when we sit... We sit so when we sit with a human being and we make all sorts of assumptions about somebody yeah. opposite us on the train or mm-hmm. even what um you know, a friend or a mother in law what we assume we know what they are like or what they're thinking of or what they're being. Isn't that interesting that yeah, that that um we, our faces are all a mask, really, aren't they? They're not really indicative of anything, you know, of a who of, of real and it's interesting because for example you know, I have a very serious face and I'm continually always told when I'm on the street, you know, people are always like, is there something wrong or something? I don't know why. My face kind of goes very um, still and earnest and worried looking. Mm. And I'm not really like that. Mm. And 
and and I kind of am a bit explosive. My I sort of pop out. It's a beautiful, beautiful phrase. And and then you go, oh, oh, okay, you're not like a, I look a bit stern and things. Mm. So isn't that a be- isn't that an amazing thing in a way that it speaks to the human condition, really, doesn't it? It's like saying, don't judge me by my, you know, like yeah. I mean, a, a beautiful face like Jude and that little girl there's nothing to do with it but in terms of knowing what, what in yeah, terms of you being able to make any assumptions or yeah. know anything and yet the sad bit about it is that we make up even more our minds mm-hmm. because you think well that's that so that must mean that yeah. and actually it couldn't be further from the truth you know but we could extend that and extrapolate that to 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 all to, to every human on the planet yeah. is that we don't yeah. know anything until we know it we're always writing stories aren't we in our heads and we forget to see what's to see and kind of yeah. absorb or to feel to feel it to feel yeah. what we feel yeah. in, in, with someone you know and to get behind the eyes again it's like mm. you know we well, don't have to always be empathic i suppose but to try and identify with the person as they're seeing life is the only way you can do that if if the aim is to is to get through life trying to understand people more isn't it and and to do that you have to be able to drop assumptions and expectations and genuinely genuinely relate Mm. and the only way you can relate is to completely let go of anything you may have been thinking two seconds before and just see what happens Mm. 